Hello everyone, welcome back to The Universe. This is episode three, where we'll talk about university structure. I'm your co-host, Laura, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Elaine, Janet, Joella, as well as a special guest for today, Julie. So Julie, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what your role is? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Julie Lamotte. I'm the administrator of the undergraduate <coughs> program at the University of Ottawa, the Faculty of Science. Uh, so my role really is to overlook at all of our undergrad students in the Faculty of Science, uh, registration, change of program, uh, graduation, admission, and all that stuff. So uh, i would be happy to answer your question today. Thank you so much for joining us. And I can't stress enough how important Julie's role is for making sure that every student get the best chance and opportunity and runs the whole faculty. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. It's a lot of work with thousands of students. Well, thank you, Ellen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoy my job, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, if you are able to explain what is a major versus a minor or a discipline? Okay, so basically the major at Ottawa U, okay, is strict and in the Faculty of Science because there's a slight difference between faculties, I have to say. Uh, so the major um, in science is uh, 60 credits in a discipline. Doesn't mean that you'll have like 20 courses of biology, but everything that will be related to the biology field. So that will be your major. So it's going to be 60 credits, so 20 courses. Uh, a minor is 10 courses. 30 credits in a discipline. Okay, so psychology, biology, biochemistry, whatever. So basically, this is the difference. So in depth, you'll get more knowledge in your major than you will be getting into the minor. Then you have the honors degree, which is um, basically the honors degree is 120 credits to graduate. You have 90 credits that will be more specific to your discipline. So basically, it's 75% of your degree in the honors that's going to be like discipline related and then you have 30 credits so 25 percent that can be either a a minor or just elective whatever you decide to do and uh, can i just ask a question because we're talking about the university of ottawa here but the percentages you know is pretty similar between uh, different universities i think generally you know when you have a majors and you have a minor regardless of how the university counts the credits the how it's divided between the amount of courses that you have is, I think it's pretty similar between universities. Uh, I have to say that I believe so. Um, I have not a lot of knowledge outside of this. Uh, But yeah, and then if you compare to Quebec, because uh, in Quebec, their degrees are three years. So it's really like different also. So, but the specific, like I kind of agree with you that the percentage of the course discipline will be about the same everywhere where you go. And I think that one of the big problems people have is they like switching majors and programs. So what's the general process for that? Well, you need to first you need to know what you like to do, okay? So changing a program is not just changing like a shirt one day and then the other day you take another shirt. Like if you change from uh, physics to biology, well, you need to make sure that uh, it's because you don't like physics anymore and that you're going to be liking uh, biology because it's going to be stuck with that discipline for a very long time, right? So um, the procedure to change your program is very, very easy and it's step one, two, three, four. I mean, it's not anything very big as long as you understand that you have the prerequisites, you have the average and all that stuff. It's very like... 
it's like a cooking book, basically step one, step two, and it's very easy to do. But you need to know if you uh, if you're gonna be liking that. You know, that's the big difference. And do people often have to like start over from first year if they want if they don't have the, those prerequisites, or are there sort of ways around it where they can kind of get two steps in one? Okay, most of the time in the life science field, uh, I'll say that the first year like is the same or almost the same in every single program in the faculty uh, in in science like in the um so biology chemistry maths it's the, those are the building blocks of the science so you need to take them any in any courses so you won't have to repeat any course let's say you were in I don't know, uh, biochemistry in your first year and you're transferring to uh, biomedical science. Well, there are going to be a little bit of difference, but not that much. And you should not be, if you do that in the beginning of your programs, first, second year, you will not really losing any credits. You can use those credits for optional course or elective courses and stuff like that. It gets more difficult, I guess, if you completely switch to fac other faculties, right? So that gets more complicated because presumably they don't have the same first year classes and you might have to start over. Yeah, if you are in a science program, let's say life science, biology, and you transfer to Telfer School of Management or any school of management, I mean, you're going to have to start from day one, okay? They have very few elective. They have not the same compulsory courses that we have, so it's going to be very, very different. Uh, if you transfer from Ottawa to another university in Ontario, uh, well, you have to have residence, so you need to do at least 50% of your courses in that other university. So even if you had completed a like, full degree here and you want to go at another place, even if you have all the courses, the equivalents and everything, you still need to do 50% of your degree in the university that's going to give you a degree. To put it in another way, say you do... 50% of your courses at the University of Ottawa. Yeah. And then you want to go, you're moving to Vancouver and then you want to finish the same type of program or degree in Vancouver. You have to do at least 50% of the courses to graduate from the UBC, for example. Yeah, if that's what you decide to do, yes. But if you have 75% of your degree completed at the University of Ottawa... If you move to UBC to finish the 25%, will you receive a diploma from the University of Ottawa? Well, if you if you are in good standing and you're doing well, we'll let you go on a letter of permission and you could complete those 25% of courses in another university. Yes, you could. That's a possibility. Okay. Relating to stuff like this, um, what is an academic counselor? Like, what do they do? What types of services should uh, students be aware of to be able to reach out to them for stuff like this? Okay, so the academic advisors are responsible for your academic lives, okay? So whatever it's a regulation, like uh, pr uh, academic standing, academic standing, we're talking about probation, withdrawal of programs. So not respecting the CGPA, the cumulative grade average that's required for your program. Basically, that's what it is. So any question related to that will be directed to them. Uh, as a student at the university, and not just in Ottawa, but pretty much everywhere, you could also do um, study abroad, like the exchange program. So they will help you to go study somewhere else. If that's something you would like to do, they can help you with the co-op program. If you have issues with your co-op, you're not sure if you're eligible, you're missing courses, that's something they will help you. 
Uh, they can direct you where, toward the right resources if you're having, not doing well in your course and you need a little help there, you know, like um, everybody needs help um, at some point in their life. And there's no shame about that. Uh, exams, you have too many exams at the same time and you're overwhelmed and you want to see if you can defer some stuff. You know, we are they, they are there for MPE pretty much everything regarding your life as from day one to graduation, basically. They will uh, confirm your graduation. Right now, uh, actually, this mo- yesterday afternoon, we sent uh, an email to about 1,000 students that are in the fourth year and that we're hoping to graduate in June and asking them to, hey, contact us and double-check that you are graduating in June, that you're not missing anything. So please, if uh, you got that email, respond. <laughs> <laughs> it's better to be early than late, you know, like uh, like everything. Yeah. That's cool. I also just want to jump back on the whole discipline and then how that relates to the services that uh, an academic counselor can offer. Yeah. So a lot of students don't really know whether they should be taking a minor or if that's something that actually helps them in their field of work um, or in honors, for example. What kind of students actually need this type of thing? And is that also something that a counselor would be able to help with? We will start the, the work, okay, with the student. Uh, but of course, we, uh, we don't know, um, like a student comes into your office, you don't know them. So we will be able to help at the, uh, the, the limit will be the student if he, they want to share or not share, you know. So basically, uh, if you are in the biology program and you say, I want to add a minor. So my first question will be, okay, which minor and why do you want that, you know. So if the student says, well, I don't know. Well, you know, there's not much I can do. Then I can say, well, what do you like? You know, what, you know, who, did, who chose your first program? You know, is it your mom because you had good grades <laughs> and she wanted you to be a doctor or, you know, like things, th- stuff like that, that we can start to have like a little bit of a relation in 30 minutes, basically. Um, oftentimes I see a minor is your second love in life. Okay. Like, for example, I'm a chemist. Um, and I wanted to do a degree in history. My parents told me that I would never get a job in history. I said, well, that's not true. Like, there are jobs in history. And I said, well, I'll start with a degree in science, please. It's like, okay. Like, a good girl, I did that. Um, if I would have been in a place where minors were acceptable, like part of the program, I would have definitely minor in history just to have that love in my courses, in my life every day that I would be happy to take, you know? Um, so, or sometimes, you know, like it could be someone has an idea of, oh, I like science, but I also have ideas in marketing and stuff and I want to start a business. Well, of course, like take the minor in business, you'll have an idea of what it is. So it's all, it's come, it's completing your degree, you know? Uh, and also if you want to take a minor in psychology, well, it's going to be easier if you register in the minor because you can have spots in the course. And if you're not, if you're just taking elective, you will never get a spot. <laughs> so <laughs> there's also a practical way in there. <laughs> so that's really important. Access to courses in other disciplines are limited if they're not part of your discipline. So sometimes you want to take an elective and you simply can't take it because you're the last one to be chosen for entering that class so that's something to think about so if you choose a minor 
Is it more work or does it take all your electives away? It just takes your elective away. Okay. Like all the honors degree, like all degrees, well, not all because we have 90 credits, but most of our degrees are 120 credits and 90 credits will be for the honors part of the discipline and then 30 credits will be for the minor or just elective. Do you have to do an honors to have a bachelor's degree? You definitely not to have to, but some professional school will require a de- an honors degree or graduate school might some places require the honors degree. But to have an honors degree, you don't have to do an honors project. Oh, that's interesting. So what? why is it called an honors degree and an honors project if you don't need one for the other? <laughs> I guess I wasn't born when they decided that. And I'm very <laughs> old, okay? So anyway, the honors degrees... I guess, I don't know where it came from. The honors project, it's funny because if you look at in French, there's no link between both. In French, it's a projet de recherche. What is related to honors degree in there? Nothing, okay? (laughs) So it's really an English kind of stuff, I think, (laughs) really. (laughs) So it's just vocabulary. It is just words. An honors project is a research project. And you don't need to do a research project. To have an honors degree. Exactly. Right. It's just wording that people are using to, to describe stuff. But you can imagine as a student, that wording is That's extremely so confusing. confusing. It is. Right? It is. Piggybacking off of um, minors and stuff, I know that in biochemistry, when I was applying, um, I'm so currently I'm taking an honors in biochemistry. Mm-hmm. But there's options for specializations. So, like, there's specializations in biochemistry and immunology, microbiology. Um, So basically, is a specialization taking your elective credits, like those 30 elective credits, and then just moving those to that specialization? Not in all programs. And it's not doing that in biochemistry, but it is definitely doing that in biomedical science. So if you are in biomedical science with an option in medical, medicinal chemistry, for example, you cannot add a minor. There's no room. But in biochemistry uh, and biology, even if you find one of the options, what we call them options, there is room. Like I was just thinking, sorry, uh, counting the credits in my mind, but there is room for a minor. Do most uh, disciplines offer specializations? Like, does psychology offer one? Um, does Telfer offer one? Or is it mostly sciences? Mm. Psychology, yes. Telfer? Telfer, they have the BCom, so it's very different. Would there be, I don't want to talk. Uh, they have BCom, and they have different options in the BCom. You can do marketing, you can do like human resources, uh, international human resources, and all kind of stuff. But it's a bit different. Mm, so maybe specialization is more of a niche thing, either specific to program, university, or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, that's always interesting to think about because as students, you're overloaded with so much. Um, new terminology because in high school all you need to do is choose your courses and your prerequisites and your set yeah um, but once you're in university you have to decide what you're specializing in whether you want to do a research project if that's something that's offered and it's just a lot to think about so this is really cool it's good that we have services like julie yourself um, academic counseling and things like that I think it's also interesting because I was just thinking how, um, I'm not sure whether many schools in Canada do this, but I used to go to a school where they had, they worked in the British system, 
where they have A-levels and IB that you do before university. So IB was very, they described it as the broader version where you can take like electives and you're not as specialized, but A-levels is very specialized. So this whole like specialization of your discipline reminds me of like A-levels and then your honors with your electives reminds me of like international baccalaureate. Mm, Yeah. And straying a bit from academic counselors specifically, what other services can students look for on campus that aren't, you know, that are more general, not specific to one university, but how can they know like what to look out for and when to get help if it's needed? Okay, well, I guess all universities are very um, worried, like, and it's a big concern for all of us in everywhere. Uh, mental health on our students you know so I'm pretty sure like I can talk I haven't looked at all their website but I can assure you that every university is very concerned about the well-being the mental health of our students and staff and professor as well you know because it's just not a case of students so uh, definitely there are there is help for that like at the University of Ottawa we have a big wellness centers and stuff I can tell you that mentoring center is also something that's trending uh, like among pretty much every university so and mentors are students like you uh, that can help um, like they are trained to to be able to uh, give advice on like uh, time management like how to study for like memorization tests so how to study for comprehensive tests so different stuff like that you know and just sometimes like making a balanced schedule within uh doing laundry, going to the grocery, studying, uh, and then taking a mental break here and there, uh, which is important like, you know, in your life. So here on campus, you have many help centers in the first year for your basic courses. Uh, students don't know, always know that, but it's not because you're a science student that you cannot attend like uh, a help center in elsewhere if the discipline is there you know if it's a if it's a and p course but they have help in a and p even if you're not a student from the faculty of health sciences you still can go and just get the help that's needed right a and p is anatomy yeah <laughs> so sorry <laughs> so sorry about there's a that. lot of jargon that yeah. you know it's probably university specific as yes, well right yes. and uh, that's like a whole new vocabulary that students have to kind of learn also as they go. That's quite hard. It's the university lingo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's very big and yeah. doesn't make any sense most of the time, I have to say. <laughs> Julie, in your experience, what is one of the biggest challenges students come to um, academic counselors for? They come too late. Ooh. That's sad. But oftentimes students don't realize that they, they don't want to be accepting that they need help. Um, oftentimes they come up with a very high average from high school and failing one to, uh, well, sometimes it's not even failing. It's getting 75% on the test that it's the end of the world, you know. But they keep storming this until finally, like, they got a little bit discouraged and they don't come up, you know. So what I will say is, like, ask for help. Ask for help, please. Uh, and sometimes uh, you just need like a little, little tiny push and everything is solved, you know? Like it's, sometimes it's very little. And start on day one, too, you know? Like semester started on September 7th, not on September 25th. I don't know if you knew, but, you know, <laughs> like a lot of students forget about that, especially first-year students because 
oftentimes the first week is just a review of high school. It's e kind of easy for them and they forget. It's not. I know, but that's their feeling they have. Oftentimes we have students that will come. Oh, I saw all of that in my first in my high school. Like I want to change course. I don't want to. Like wait, it's just the first <laughs> week. Wait, wait until wait. week two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like truly, like today, uh, an academic advisor was telling me. She said, I don't know. Like I had four cancellation today, so four students asked for help and didn't show up. So I'm just saying, please get the help that we want to give you, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. This also comes with a lot of students not realizing that there are these services out there and thinking like, oh, I don't need them because it feels like such a foreign concept to have to ask for help from some external resource when a lot of students are used to trying to look for things themselves first. Mm -hmm. So that's often why they realize too late or they don't even know that it exists. Like, if I'm honest, I didn't know that we... Um, I was looking at our tuition payment and there's like this levy that you pay for health services and that we can get um, prescribed drugs or over-the-counter drugs on campus. And I didn't think that was a thing. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's so many things out there, not just in academics, but elsewhere in the university that you just you just don't know about. And we should be able to refer you uh, in the other services because this is part of the training that we have to you know keep up with. You know what's going on and where can we what can we do and how can we refer students and and there's all kind of stuff that's being done uh students that have a lodging problem can come and we can find to try to find a, a solution for them you know not me personally but i know who to call to help out you know so this is stuff that we do like we work with a big uh, area of people so as someone with as much experience as yourself What's like the one most important thing you'd want students to know or what's the one big thing you want them to gather from all of this? Well, you asked me to come and talk with changing program, okay? So let's say that changing program, some student will figure out, find that it's a fail, okay? It's something that's looked at not positively. And I think, uh, you know, it's part of life. And it's important to know that the choices that you made when you were 17 or 18 years old is not going to define who you are in 20 years from now, okay? And you are allowed to mistakes. You are allowed to change your mind. And you are allowed to be happy. University life is supposed to be the best time of your life. If it's not, there's a problem. Come and see me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much julie that was a really insightful answer and and everything that you shared with us today super helpful information again we really thank you for your time um, and hopefully the students that are listening to this podcast can take away some good points so that's it for this episode of the universe we will sign out now and we'll see you in two weeks